Hey, this is R Dub from Sunday Night Slow Jams, and you're listening to hashtag Dad Swag, the swaggiest place on earth for all fathers and father figures alike. And now, here's your host, my brother, JC. Yeah, man. What's good, my Dad Swag peoples? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Hashtag Dad Swag Podcast. If you don't know, now you know. I'm your host, JC. And you know what? Real quick, I'm going to give a more detailed shout out to the countries that have been rocking with me. This is episode 12. So I want to give a shout out to the top 12 that's been rocking with me. And obviously, starting with um, my home country, the U.S., man, I appreciate all the love that you guys have shown me so far. The U.K., Canada, France, Qatar, India, Taiwan, Nigeria, Zambia, Bangladesh, Germany, and Bosnia, man. Thank you so much for rocking with me and being um, consistent listeners and coming back. It's you guys that really make this thing run, make this thing possible. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. And actually, this is episode 11. We should be on episode 12, but if you remember a couple weeks ago, we skipped uh, the, the, the 10th episode because of the fires in California. But if you listen, you hear that? No air purifier going. So that means that the air quality in California, at least where I'm at, is back to moderate. So I'm really happy about that. And I'm excited to get it going, man. So let's do it. Let's get to it. I mean, we can even do it like, this is how we do it. It's Friday, September 4th. And as always, it is a blessing and a pleasure to be here with you. In all honesty, man. This show in particular is kind of heavy for me. Uh, it really is. I've written this show out so many different times in my mind, on paper even, and I never really had the courage to say um, what I needed to say or wanted to say, uh, at least publicly. And uh, in order to understand the grace that God has given me and to understand my dad's wag journey and who I am in its entirety as a man, as uh a husband, as a father, I feel like you kind of have to understand what I've gone through. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that um, my story is a testimony to someone else out there and you can grow from it as well. And in all honesty, I'm not sure how short or long this will be. (laughs) So uh, please bear with me. You know, I'm kind of stuck in between Uh, I don't want to say too much and I need to get this off my chest. Like seriously, if it gets too heavy for me, I might cut it off abruptly, or you're going to get the Harry Potter version of my life. So we're just going to chop it up. I'm going to spill my heart, and we'll see where it takes us. So last week, I spoke about father figures, right? I spoke about uh, stepfathers, adoptive fathers, godfathers, and then the other father figures, uh, coaches, youth leaders, youth pastors, uh, counselors, etc. Um, but I said something in that episode last week as an afterthought. But this week, it's more of the main discussion. Uh, To paraphrase, last week I said, uh, if you are unable to or incapable of loving a child that you did not create, then don't get involved with the person with the child. 
Don't file those adoption papers. Don't be a youth pastor. Don't be a youth leader or counselor. If you're incapable of loving a child and caring for a child that is fatherless or um, that you'll be taking the role, taking on the role as the father figure in their life. And the thing I'm going to say next, I have to say in order to get to my next point, but I'm well aware some of you guys may disagree um, or not like what I'm about to say. But as always, please understand that um, this is my opinion and I understand that it's circumstantial and I'm in America where speech is free or supposed to be. <laughs> okay, here's the big bomb drop. In my home, my wife comes before my kids. She is who my foundation begins with. My kids are the ones that carry my legacy on to do amazing things. But my wife is my foundational piece. Um, she's the queen of my castle. Every decision, good, bad, or indifferent that we make, we have to make together because it ultimately affects our kids and the way we raise our kids. We may have a difference of opinion, um, but at the end of the day, we come to a common ground. And obviously, in some circumstances or situations, we may not come to a common ground right away. We may have an argument. That's the nature of the business. That is what marriage is. But we always find a way to make sure that we're both okay with the compromise. Okay, that's part one. Now, here's the part you may not like. And again, um, this is my opinion. It's circumstantial. But as for my wife and I, if... There was to be a situation where we were no longer together. Um, any woman that I'm with or that I even marry is now secondary to my children because I feel like it is my responsibility to make sure that the next woman that I'm bringing into their life is the best choice for them. And I would think that that is important or makes sense for obvious reasons, right? Like the woman that is now coming into my home may be different, may look different, may sound different, may act different, but I'd at least want to make sure that the morals are the same. And I'll say it again, and I'll say it a little more blunt. If you're not willing to accept that, then don't get involved with someone with kids because the kids will always come first as they should. And unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, I'm able to say fortunately now because I've grown and I've been able to deal with it enough. But unfortunately, then that wasn't the case in my childhood. So understand going forward, this opinion that I have isn't coming from a, a, just a, a dad who will do anything and everything to protect his children at any cost and will protect them from anyone who is or becomes a potential threat. This is also coming from the broken heart of a child who never really had a childhood and was never chosen first. As a child, I I learned to find comfort in fear because I realized at a very early age, no amount of tears, no amount of bruises, no amount of physical, emotional, mental, and even to some extent sexual abuse was going to change my circumstances. But before I continue, I feel like it's very important to say that um, if this this particular episode speaks to you or eventually speaks to you down the line because of your own experience with abuse of any kind. I encourage you to deal with it. Deal with your grief as soon as you can. Do not, and I repeat, do not believe the hype because time does not heal all things. 
What time does is make it easier to forget things. And forgetting is not healing. Forgetting is suppressing until something happens in your life and you start reliving the trauma and the pain that you thought you forgot. And then when you finally rip the scab off of that pain and and that wound, then you realize that it's not going to clot up as easy as it would have if you had dealt with it early on. And believe me, I know it's easier said than done. You're talking to somebody who is still struggling with it. But all that time you spend forgetting about it, it's going to come back double. Because now you're going to spend all this time unpacking and unraveling and ripping off different scabs and uncovering different wounds and issues. And then you're going to have to spend sufficient time accepting all of it. And then you're going to spend time healing from it. So I encourage you, if this touches you because you haven't dealt with some trauma or or, um, childhood experience um, from the past or even now, get help, seek help, deal with it, talk to somebody, let somebody hear your story. There are people out there who feel your pain, who can um, understand on a deeper level, but there's also people out there that just want to help. So please, I will attach all of the hotlines to all the type of different abuses um, at the bottom of this podcast description. But I felt like before I continue on with my story, you understand that there is help and I am going to do my best to provide um, resources for that. Okay, so. My mom eventually married her high school sweetheart, but he wasn't my dad. And call it longing for love, not wanting to be alone, call it being naive or lack of care. But from the day her and her high school sweetheart reunited, I was in constant fear. Okay, maybe not the day. But it didn't take long for him to show his true colors. And just as long as it took for him to show his true colors was just as quick for my mom to never put me first again. The first time I had ever seen a bag of dope was next to my toothbrush in our one bedroom apartment. The couch was my bed at night. But during the day, it's where he spent all his time getting high, sometimes by himself, sometimes with friends, while I was at school um, and while my mom was at work. I was hit like a man (laughs) for the first time at six years old. I had just got my yellow belt and he felt the need to show me that it really meant nothing. I, I trained so hard for this belt. I trained, I did my katas. I beat my opponent in the sparring match. I broke the little wooden box. I trained so hard for this belt. And in one day, he showed me that it meant nothing. In one moment, really. He allowed me to get, like, a few cute shots in after asking me to show him, you know, some moves. And then proceeded to give me a lesson on breathing. He delivered blow after body blow. And after that, it just seemed like his disciplines, air quotations, you can't see it, but air quotations, his disciplines got worse. And the body blows, they turned to chest shots, and the chest shots eventually turned to face shots, and then the face shots eventually turned to weapons, really. Like, the first time he he beat me with a, the plastic rod that turns your blinds. It wasn't enough just to beat me with it like normal. No, he had to give me a special treatment. 
he had to beat me with that while I was taking a shower. And that came after I told my mom that this man forced me to watch him have sex with another woman. Not once, not twice, but multiple times. It was his way of making me a man. His form of sex education, I guess. Call it fear of being alone. Call it needing to be loved. Call it naive or lack of care, but either way, my mom stayed. And I remember the first time I felt like I didn't matter. That night I woke up to screams um, only to see him mounted on my mom. Uh, for whatever reason, I was sleeping in her bed. Then I think maybe the head went out or something. I, I forget. Actually, no. She was actually waiting up for him and wanted to wait on the couch, a.k.a. my bed, and told me to go to sleep. But I woke up to screams and I woke up to him mounted on top of her, like holding her arms down. And he was beating the hell out of her. And at that moment, with all I could, I ran and I threw my body into him, trying to knock him off. And as soon as he was off of her enough, I covered her body. But he obviously turned his anger towards me. And he beat my ass, man. Like, he beat my ass. And through, like, broken whimpers, my mom had, like, begged for him to stop and uh, told him to leave me alone. And um, then she ordered me to go to her room. And in her room, I hid in the closet. As he finished smacking her up, I heard the door slam. And then I watched his silhouette walk past the bedroom window. And then as a, as a kid, I remember being confused as I heard her crying, knowing what just happened to me, knowing what just happened to her. And then her begging him not to leave. And I sat in the dark on her bed now. After I heard him leave, I, got, I left the closet and went to her bed. And uh, I was waiting for her to open the door. All I wanted for her to do was comfort me and tell me it was going to be okay. And the beatings were done and the drugs and all that. All of it was done. It was over. But instead of being met with a hug and open arms, I was met with one of those braided belts, the leather belts. And then she proceeded to blame me for making him leave. Look what you did. Now he's gone. I'm alone now, Joseph. It's your fault. Those are followed by, I don't want you. You're not my son. I should have had an abortion. You know, typical mom stuff that became accustomed to me, at least, late into my teen years. But no matter how abandoned I felt, no matter how betrayed I felt through all the beatings and the abuse, when things got real, when... Things got hard and my mom needed me, or I felt like she needed me. I was there to protect her all the time without question. All the way up to right before I got I got locked up. And her longtime boyfriend threatened to kidnap her and my sisters, who she had with the other guy. And things came to a head finally when he and I were standing on opposite sides of a door, both holding guns. Now this is just... A small sample size and a few examples of what I've gone through in the course of my life. But like so many men and women, I'm a survivor. You know, <laughs> wow, I've never I've never said that out loud before. Um, but it's true. I'm a survivor of childhood abuse on all levels. 
But in some way, my history of abuse has made me a better man, it's made me a better husband, and it's made me a better father. And let me tell you how. And I hope that after hearing this, you're able to be encouraged and be empowered and realize that if I'm able to make the choices and the changes that I've made with my life, with the circumstances that I've gone through and lived through, then you can do the same thing. But when I became a dad, I realized I was being given another opportunity to stop the generational curse of abuse with me. Not just with my children, but my wife as well. Putting my hands on my wife and kids, that's out. That had never happened. And I was able to kind of right the wrongs of my past and live vicariously through my sons and try to give them the childhood that I wish I had by giving them the chances I didn't get. And as I'm becoming a better father, a better husband, a better man, I feel empowerment. And I encourage you to be empowered through my story, but also and more so through your own. If we neglect to deal with our issues, we will continue to live in the past. And in this case, in this case of abuse, if we let the past dictate our present, then our oppressor wins. If no one's told you this before, then let me be the first to tell you. And if you have heard this before, let me tell you again. What's happened to you? What's happened to me? What's happened to us and so many other men and women in the world, in the history of time? That's not our fault. The fault lies with the ones who failed to protect us. And like I said, there's no shame in getting help. The only shame is in being silent about needing help. And I don't mean shame on you. No, I mean more on the lines of, it's a shame you won't get the help or you won't speak out about your story because you may not know it, but your trauma could become a testimony and your testimony could become someone's blessing. So please, I encourage you, Start the healing process as soon as you can. Get the help now. And I don't know if you guys have seen the powerful video that went viral by Kieran and them. I'll link it down below in the podcast description. But, but bottom line, deal with the demons and deal with the past now. Preferably before you have kids. So they're not suffering your past along with you. But if you already have kids... Don't feel like it's too late. Still, get the help as soon as you can because right now, if you're still dealing with those demons in silence, your family's not getting the best version of you. Your kids aren't getting the best version of you. If you're married, your your wife isn't getting the best version of you. And if you're single, you're not the best version of you. Another thing the abuse has taught me is perspective. And I'm not perfect at it. I'm not even great at it by any means. But I try. I try to acknowledge the small things as small things. And acknowledge the big things as small things. We try all the time to take on these huge issues and solve them all at once. But eventually that becomes overwhelming. And when we're overwhelmed, that's when we overreact. Lastly... 
I've learned to work to be better every single day. And again, I don't succeed at it every day, but I do try. Now, if any of this has spoken to you, and you feel like calling a hotline or um, calling a, a counselor or a therapist isn't for you, then look below. I always post pages of dads doing amazing things. I call this building your community, putting men around you to uplift you and empower you, speak life and love into you and encourage you. I'll end it with this. Maybe you were hurt in your past, in your childhood, and you've been carrying that pain, that guilt, that fear, that anger, that resentment in your heart all this time. And unfortunately, I can't promise that that pain will ever fully disappear. Because to be honest, it still hasn't for me. It still stings a little. But I'll say it again. I'm a survivor. I have fought to be where I am today. And so have you. You, the person listening to this podcast, even if your situation was an abuse, whatever it was, the fact that you're listening to this podcast, you're searching for um, ways to become a better parent, a better father, especially, you're fighting. And I'm proud of you and I love you for that. You have the willpower to press on. Even if it's in small steps, you can work to be a better version of yourself daily. Your past doesn't define you as a person or a parent. In fact, you have the opportunity right now to be a better parent or person because you have the blueprint of how not to be. Being a parent, being a husband or wife is the most difficult and equally rewarding thing we will ever do as human beings. So I encourage you, deal with the pain of the past. But at the same time, love on your wife and kids. Love on your husband and kids. And if you're single and you're doing it, just love on your kids. But give them that unwavering, unforgettable, unconditional love that you wish you had as a child. You may have suffered through this alone, but you don't have to go through it alone. Allow the love that you give to be given back to you and allow that love to heal you. That's it. That's all I got for this week. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to share my story, and I hope that whoever needs the help gets the help. I'll see you guys on the next episode, but always remember, iron sharpens iron. Until next time, love and blessings to you and yours, from me and mine.